some of this. It's the State of Combat podcast with Brian Campbell on CBS Sports, Boxeo style, and you better believe it is back with a bang. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop us. Bang, bang. Please try. You cannot do it. The Brian Campbell, undoubtedly the voice that you hear. A little washy on this Tuesday morning coming off of a couple weeks of travel, but that's life in the biz you better believe i can mount up one more time and give you another loaded episode you simply can't miss backed jacked underwritten sponsored by that one and only performance enhancing audio loaded show for you today not just reviewing the weekend including big wins by pound for pound king vasily lomachenko and the quote herself clarissa shields but also looking ahead to big business this Saturday, ESPN pay-per-view, Amir Khan, Terrence Crawford. We got the return of Danny Swift Garcia on Fox. We got a Floyd announcement coming this Wednesday that's fairly cryptic. We will break it down. And the man to break it down with me, my best friend in box, the New York Times best Selling author, author of such fine books as Pacific Rims, Kriegel, McSorley's, and me. And the, for love and basketball, a story of two people banging. His name is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you, lick you up. up. Let me lick you, lick you down. Cruise away. Let me lick you Been a long, long time since I've seen a cruise away. Oh, bum, bum, bum. oh, baby, Rafe Books. Did, do I cost you book sales by by demeaning those titles of of your life's work? I I consider that highly unlikely. I mean, that, let's let's break that down. We're lo- we're looking at the listenership to our podcast, which probably doesn't grow from week to week. It may only dwindle. <laughs> and everyone everyone amongst us among the load watchers. They all know about all these books and their different titles. We've, 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 we've done our fair amount of shilling. I appreciate the opportunity to do more, but I don't think we're costing anyone book sales. I haven't, the publisher is not beating down my door, sending their, their cops, their narcs after me to say, what the heck is going on? You, you promote us right or you shut the hell up. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you're looking for more, of Rafe Bugs, please. In my favorites folder right now. Yes, yes, indeed. Rafe is back. Dwyer is, he'll be back a little bit here. Box is back. Rafe, I'm back after a whirlwind of travel this past week. Rafe, I was in LA doing a little PBC face to face. The next day I was in Atlantic City with our boys Eric Raskine and Kiernan Mulvaney doing a little Clarissa Shields Showtime action. And in Atlanta, Hotlanta, I might add, for UFC the next day, escaping that whole journey, Rafe. No flight issues. No delays. No nothing. And then I paid the piper on Sunday. 14 hours inside the Charlotte airport. 14, brother. Got home at 2.30 a.m. after 17 flight delays. But, hey, people died in that tornado, so I'm really not making any jokes here. But it was a, a long and torturous day. That's what happens in this business, Rafe. It was at least, Brian, enough time for you to wash the stink of all those strip club chicken wings off of you you after a weekend in Atlanta. How dare you? Wow. 
<laughs> just the city is known for having strip clubs with great chicken wings. There's nothing wrong with that. You can in, with people that? go just for the chicken wings. That's the point. Frenzy so you that can strip say club I was buffets. just there for the chicken wings. Yeah, frenzy that strip club buffets in the dark. It happens, right? <laughs> I have a lot of friends at strip clubs and at buffets. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right, Rafe. Uh, Great we... place to watch a Canelo fight. Hey. <laughs> R.I.P. Hooters, Campbell, California. Yes. I think that's magic. It used to be magic, Dwy. It used to be. Hey, Rafe, not everybody had a great weekend picking fights. Not everybody has had a great year picking fights. Right, it's been a rocky year for me. Right, I lost the... Um, Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence fight. Worse yet, as people who follow the uh, polls I post here online, I had a backup plan here. I had Caleb Truax against Peter Quillen. Was- wow, his backup plan with Caleb Truax didn't come through either. Rafe, have you climbed any of Dwyer's polls? Uh, what does that even mean, I Brian? Don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I am. You're not. You ain't. No. <laughs> From the, from the slip to the nip to the cup. Anyway, Rafe, uh, before we get into the box, before we get into what Dwyer missed this weekend, what is new in your life? You got anything planned? Big projects, big trips? What are we looking at for the life of Bugs? Big trips is about it. You know, I'm, I am going back to the Philippines on Friday night. I will be in town or two weeks, a very poorly planned two weeks, not, maybe not as poorly planned as the Campbell family cruise oh, back in January, which cost you big time bucks working on Pacquiao boner weekend. That I'm pro true. boner. That, well, right? All of that is true. I'm pro boner. <laughs> um, and of course my trip <laughs> is going to have me out for Canelo Jacobs, uh, Sri Saket versus Gallo Estrada and Crawford and and Khan. I'm missing all of the big fights in three consecutive weeks, but you know what? It's worth it because this is this 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 trip brings life to me. It gets me through the next eleven and eleven months and two weeks just by the skin of my teeth, and I need this right now. What's the grossest thing that you will eat in the Philippines that to them is normal delicacy, hot dog on the side of the road, but to us would be like I don't know, you know. Showing up in a Yusuf Mac video. I mean, what what what's the what are you gonna eat? What I, I eat all the normal foods. I mean, what what uh, this is kind of silly to me. I, I I've been eating this food for ten years now, so none of it seems weird. But if we want to get into it, some of the classics: balut, which is of course the 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 duck embryo where oh, it's God. already fertilized and it has it's just like a hard boiled egg. It's a little crunchy. You can get a beak in it sometimes, a little bit of a wing, a feather once in a while. That's but disgusting. You gotta be careful. Okay, it's, it's an aphrodisiac, uh, though, Brian. And it, and the the Tagalog is pampalakas ng tuhod. It makes the knees stronger, if you know what I mean. You know, no, uh, no, put no. your back into it. No anyway. sex before fighting. Everybody knows that, Rafe. <laughs> anyway, uh, papaitan, which is a, a goat bile soup, soup with a lot of uh, God. Uh, uh, lung and other you know, intestine in it tripe uh you know it's awful not a w f u l but o f f a l awful in there you know inside meats uh but i don't know it's just normal food man and also that's they, these are these are the things that westerners get scared of most yes. of the food is normal it's 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 rice and porridge and and beef and pork and fish you know grilled fish mostly i will be eating grilled fish and loving it 
Another hot beef injection. Well, if you want to eat goat embryo, bro, that's your life. But, uh, wow, that sounds pretty disgusting. But, hey, you know, I probably eat things out of gas stations that would make regular traditional Filipino folk throw up in their mouth. But, that you know, it happens, right? Well, you know, people have gas stations over there, too, and the the gas station food is actually quite reminiscent. There was – they actually had – which I've never seen in the States in 7-Elevens in Manila – like a hamburger dog, which was a, oh, wow. a hot dog shaped hamburger meat thing. Oh my God, and it I was love it. just nasty. Slip me that, Jimmy. I love that, Rafe. Rip that suit off. <laughs> Show everyone your S. I'd, I'd be all over that indeed. Oscar was a freak. Washkiel was right. Uh, I got a million sound bites. That's how we do it on this show. Well, enjoy your time overseas, Rafe. Will you be appearing on any podcasts like this one while you're over there, or will you be shut down for a few weeks? I mean, I sure do hope to appear on podcasts, particularly this one. However, if if there's an executive decision makes, if this is CBS's time to finally call up the Sandman and get Rafe Boogs out of the paint on this show, then so be it. You know, I mean, I, these things happen. You... you know, Marcus Brown turns on Teddy Atlas. You know, Brian Campbell throws Rafe through a plate glass window. Yes, this is, this is boxing. This is wrestling. This is this is respect. Yeah, let me analyze that tip. You said, uh, Sandman, can I get Lewis Ritson as the co-host? Is that a possibility? The Jordy Golovkin? <laughs> Actually, serving as the, the, the Sandman role at Showtime at the Apollo may be Lewis Ritson's destiny in, in his career, the way things are going. Oh boy. All right, Rafe, we gotta get into the box from over the weekend as much as I'd love to talk more about eating weird and gross things. It's time to break down the box, and I want to start with Friday night. L.A., your backyard, but you weren't there. Vasily Lomachenko, the pound-for-pound king. And I know there's still that debate. Some people like Crawford. Some people like Loma. Some people like you hate pound-for-pound debates and think this is a joke. Guys, Loma's the best fighter in the world. Like, I don't see how you don't see it. No disrespect to Bud, but look at, good Lord, this guy's resume after 14 fights. You know what's so weird? I post the recap after I write it of Loma destroying Anthony Crolla, destroying him, as expected, by the way, mandatory challenger. We get it. And I still have people on Twitter going, wow, it's unreal how little this guy actually fights live bodies. Or, wow, another bum. Have you actually looked at Loma's resume? The dude's fighting in a division over his head. He just won unifications against Pedraza in a tough fight. Just beat Linares in a near fight of the year, right? I know Rigondon moved up in weight. It was what it was. The guy has three titles and three divisions in 14 pro fights. He's the best in the world. What the hell else does he have to do? This ain't some Thai guy at 135. Like, Riff, I know you're always going to have haters, but seriously, people, can they just wake up and smell the Loma? Seriously? I, I I would love to smell me some Loma, and it is a little bit unfair that the Thailand guy and the win over the great Romulo Kosaicha are are some of the ones that are held against Lomachenko as his bum wins. Yeah, and and I think maybe since coming over to ESPN in the beginning of this top rank deal, there have been a couple. It hasn't been the easiest case to make to the people who aren't paying attention because they haven't they didn't see maybe they didn't watch Lomachenko fighting on HBO before maybe not maybe probably they didn't if they didn't watch him on HBO they probably they probably aren't familiar with they haven't revisited all of his collaborations they're he's not in their favorites folder they're just not hip to what what Loma is working with 
And what have they seen then? Well, they saw him fight Manuel Mariaga. That, that's not a fantastic opponent. They saw him f- fight Linares, who is a fantastic opponent, but got dropped. It was a harder fight than, than maybe the, the viewers were expecting after reading a million words from HBO's, uh, HBO, ESPN's murderer's row of, of feature writers about how Loma holds his breath for eight minutes at a time and he's the best soccer bat player in the world as well as the best basketball player in the world and the best boxer in the world. And like, well, how come we just got knocked down by this, this guy whose face melts off every other fight? Then what? He fights, uh, Pedraza. Another really, really effing good fight to the people who know what they're watching. A really, I thought a great performance to dominate Pedraza like that with some of the size disadvantages. On Pedraza fighting like the the night of his life, in in my opinion, yeah, I thought that was a really really strong performance. And it's well, there was a bigger issue than we expect, than we actually knew at the time for Lomachenko. And then he comes off this, and it's Krola, and it's like, Ugh, Krola, Ugh, I don't know who this guy is. Um, so maybe champion. the ESPN watchers don't have the full – they have not considered the full man. Well, good point on there. All right, two points on this. Okay, number one. If you are hung up on the Miguel Mariagas, the Jason Sosas, let's remember, why is this guy fighting at lightweight, a division above his head? Because nobody would fight him at 26 and 30. Because when he was fighting real names then, the Rocky Martinez's, those guys like that, he was delivering knockouts of the year, right? He was making Nicholas Walters quit and leave that axe in the locker room. So there's a reason why he's had to move up. There's a reason why he hasn't been able to fight. Like, let's remember who we're talking about. The guy wanted to fight for a title in his pro debut. They don't make boxers like this. They don't make people like this. So enough of this ridiculous Loma slander. Can we give him every benefit of the doubt? Because all he wants to do is take chances. Number two, though, I can understand if we start to build a movement of Loma hate. And here's why. You ready for this, Rafe? Did you watch the Friday night broadcast on ESPN? You watched it, right? You didn't watch some bootleg-like stream. Rafe, are you with me? You're frozen. Your screen's frozen, Rafe. Tell me you are with me, Rafe, please. Are you here with me or not? Look at me. Look at are you me. with me? Are you, are you with me? Look at me. Are you with me? Rafe, are you with me? I see your face, Rafe. I don't want to have another episode where the people are listening and wondering if you're with me, Rafe. Brian, are you with me? Okay, you're with me. Great. My point was this, Rafe. You watched ESPN's broadcast, yay or nay, on Friday. Yay. They are turning into shameless. Like, I get it. You got to promote what you have. But this is like final days of HBO boxing, shameless promotion. Here's the deal. You don't have to tell us how great Loma is. Play the highlights of him making people quit. Play the highlight of him sending Rocky Martinez to hell with one of the most beautiful combinations ever. Play the highlight of his 50-punch uh Anti-load watch finish on Pedraza. The guy's the goods. Stop beating it down our throat that he's the goods. Because that's how you build haters. That's how you build people going, you know what? Didn't Linares drop him? Yeah, because it was a great fight. There's, I don't want to say there's too much Kriegel on my timeline. I just want to say the ESPN broadcast as a whole needs to take a step back, guys. Seriously. Because you're going to ruin our love for people like Loma and Teofimo by just beating it senselessly down our throats. Guess what? Even casual fans are pretty smart. They know what they're seeing. You don't have to do this. You don't have to bang us, okay? Take us out to dinner first. Please, Rafe, you got any comments on this? 
I would just say that I have, I've ruined a lot of situations myself for myself by just Ruth over, overdoing it with the beating it. So I know exactly what you mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean with that, Brian. And he pumps it more than once. <laughs> So what I was thinking while you were going through that, Brian, is that it's interesting because the ESP at the same time as they were beating that dead horse, so to speak, banging that drum, stroking that uh, guitar. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, you, you started this. You started this. Possibly shot his load and worked too hard at the front side of that round. And then- wow. Thank you, my friends. Um, Thank you. You started this, Brian. At the same time that ESPN was really selling Lomachenko, they were also seemingly in, at least all the people on the broadcast, seemingly in agreement that he wasn't the greatest fighter in the world, that Terrence Crawford is, even though, and our friend Eric Raskin pointed this out on the Showtime Championship Boxing Podcast yesterday, even though in the latest poll, 9 out of 10 of the people who are part of the ESPN pound for pound poll had Lomachenko number one. So all of a sudden, why is it, how did they elevate Terrence Crawford over him for this broadcast a week before Terrence Crawford's H- ESPN pay-per-view debut? Is it, do you think, Brian, they may be trying to sell something other than just Vasily Lomachenko now? They may be selling a product that you can purchase for Fifty nine ninety five in SD on ESPN on Saturday night. What's the HD price? Sixty sixty nine. Oh God! Oh, wow. you you did it again! Wow! Yeah! Ah! Ah! You think I care with that network is trying to make me buy for that price? Trying to tell me two different fighters are the powerful pound best in the world? Not. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you will buy it. I won't. I don't. Well, the first thing I do is make them toast my salad. With jelly. Oh, maple syrup. Wow, Rafe. So that's my point. All right, guys. Loma's great. If you don't know, now you know. And ESPN, chill out. Okay? Back to the fight at hand. It was Anthony Crolla. People are killing him, Rafe, on Twitter. Even fighters. Even and just saying... Like, holy crap, dude, let your hands go. Show up. Try. I think they're missing the point that Loma was otherworldly special. This was a matchup style-wise that favored him, skill-wise that favored him. And good Lord, Rafe, did he dominate and then finish him with a right hand to the side of the head that if you watch that replay, it sounds like a baseball bat. That was a finishing punch from a guy not known as a finisher. And when they fall face first, Rafe, you don't have to count in the immortal words of... The, the fight, Dr. Ferdy Pacheco. Uh, yeah, that's as good as it gets, Rafe. Seriously, anybody that watched that fight and watched that knockout, he's the best in the world. He's a special fighter to the point, Rafe. And tell me, cause I'm hyperbolic. I'm emotional, Rafe. I love crap, right? I'm starting to wonder if this isn't the Loma era. We've kind of dubbed this the Canelo era, right? Floyd had kind of retired, but not really, but we're coming off the Floyd era. Before that was the Roy Jones era. Before that was kind of the Tyson heavyweights era. Is it the Loma era? Is this going to be his, is it his time? Or is this more of the Canelo thing? Does it matter? Put me in my place here. Brian, what the hell are you talking about? That's what I'm asking you to tell me. Loma is the best fighter right now, I believe. 
Although I think I had Crawford in my when you forced me to do a pound for pound two weeks ago. I, I still see I, I the the resume favors Loma and all. And we you just said this. Anyone who thinks that his resume isn't there does not know how to read box rec. Does not know what a good resume looks like. Um, so Loma is is should be deserves that consensus number one spot right now. But it's ain't his era. You got to be the biggest star for it to be your era. You and can't just be the Canelo pound for pound king. That you what? can't just be breaking records as the pound for pound king. Because Rafe, last time I checked, all right, tell brother, me about the Chocolatito era, Brian. Last time I checked, Rafe, I thought Trout beat Canelo. I thought Lara beat Canelo. I thought Triple G beat Canelo. I thought Triple G beat Canelo again. All right? I'm with you on a lot of that, but that doesn't make a difference. This life ain't fair, Brian. This is this is Canelo. It's it's like it was Danny's night and and some people don't get to come in the ring on Danny's night. This is Canelo's era. And Vasily ain't allowed in that ring. I'll tell you what Loma is though. Lomachenko is the test man. He's not the machine. He's the test maker. He's like a quarterback, Rafe, right? Teddy was right. He's kind of like... Lomachenko is a quarterback. He's Brady. He's Montana. Oh, stop it. He does it all. He'll make a flip chase, I guess. Rafe, it's his era. Get out of here on that. Number two, Rafe. uh, Holy crap. Like, I mean, the guy's just great, okay? And our friend... Marcos Viegas of Fight Hub TV, correct? That's how we say it? Fight Hub TV. Also doing a great job scoring fights on PBC broadcast. It's I, been awesome seeing him there. I love me some Marcos Viegas. Asked Loma for the secret. I think his secret is uh, Papachenko. Yeah. Yeah. Papachenko is the secret, Rafe. Do we not give this guy enough credit as a boxing genius as a perennial trainer of the year? Does he not get the love that celebrity trainers like Freddie Roach get, even though, if we're honest, Roach the trainer's been washed for a decade, right? <laughs> not as long as Roach the fighter. Um, oh, how dare you. Um, no, but, don't, don't do it. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, no. Uh, send me to Margarito Hell in a second. No, no, um, no, no. Brian. Brian. Papachenko is tattooed to Lomachenko's chest. There is no – he gets a – that's a lot of credit. I mean, that is some serious credit. Did he make it, Usyk? He made Usyk, right? Yeah, he was He was basically the, the brains behind that – this entire Ukrainian – I mean, this is this is at least the way that the great Egis Klimas, manager to the post-Soviet stars, <laughs> uh, explained to me one time that Papachenko is the brains, the genius behind this this wave of amazingly talented and athletic uh, and flexible, different, just a, just incredible Ukrainian fighters. And that includes, of course, Lomachenko and Usyk. But then you see some of that uh, in, a, in slightly lesser ways in fighters like Alexander Grovesdick. Um, oh, <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Grovesdick. You gotta play it. You can't. We gotta do it. Um, yes, Papachenko is is. But at the same time, you see the way that these guys hold themselves. They're not out there selling themselves in the media the way that American trainers have learned to do. And I don't think that they that they believe they need that career. So if he's not getting the 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 credit, or I don't know how much more credit does he deserve? Hasn't he won? A trainer of the year already just by by 
dint of working with these guys. I don't know. I don't. What? I don't pay dues to the BWAA anymore, and they they don't let people I love like you in there. So no, I won't. That's fair enough. I appreciate the support. Uh, somebody, at least somebody, got the score right. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come but, on, it's twenty nineteen. All right, boxing writers sleep with a lot of. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, you're right. A whole lot of nothing. A Not lot of, a lot of buffet lines. Yeah. Wow. Um, but Brian Papachenko, he's, he, like, even with the Usyk fights, there were times, and it, I don't know if it was because that the Usyk camp was trying to kind of do some, some mind games on, uh, was it in the Gassiev fight? I think it was Gassiev. Uh, but any, or if not Gassiev, then it was Briatis. Uh, but they would have Papachenko come in on the last day. I mean, he would be training Usyk, but they wouldn't let anyone know. And then he would show up on fight week and be in the corner. And they were like, oh, yeah, my trainer is going to be Russ Anber, the magician from Canada who does, you know, who does uh boxing gloves and and is a cut man a lot of the time. You know, a big boxing person. He's become celebrity Guy, cut man. We love He's, him in the sport. But yeah. you're like, really? He's training Usyk? And then all of a sudden Papachenko shows up in the corner like, ah, I see what you all are doing. Um I don't know if that's because Papachenko likes to just be low key. I don't know if that's because they're trying to get some sort of mental edge on the opponents. Whatever it is, these guys aren't out there in the media way that that we expect the marquee names to be, and that's cool. Let the, they they obviously have something that works for them. Keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it indeed. Uh he's the best in the world. It was a keep it was a move the chains win, defended a pair of lightweight titles, got the Ridiculous performance there over over uh, uh, Adam Carolla. And now we talk about what's next, Rafe, okay? And a lot of people, of course, want fights that can pause. happen. Can we not not that kind of pause, Brian? Can, can we pause? I just want Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm losing you here. You asking me to pause the show in real life or not? In real life. No, no, not, not pause it. Pause your thought. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know if you were going to have to take a crap in a water bottle or do something weird on this. <laughs> this Look, it's 2019, Brian, all right? Boxing podcaster, take craps in water bottles. Um, but what I, you, you brought up Mr. Corolla, and it reminded me, you know, another another cool little trend happening within the Ukrainian boxing movement is these Papachenko fighters – have a great knack of sending to hell the fighters that our guy Eddie Hearn loves the most. I mean, you know, the guys who've really been through it all and are, are just, you know, the, 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 the blokes, the quality blokes that Eddie Hearn hugs and is like, I love you, man. The, like the, not just the fighters that Hearn represents, but the ones that he has feelings for. I mean, you were, you were, you, you weren't there, but you were calling it. You gave us the double kebab. When Usyk put Tony Bellew into the shadow realm. And then poor Anthony Krola, the, the, the hometown hero who got the crap kicked out of him by some box, by, by some, by some, by some burglars being a hero, then comes back and earns this Lomachenko shot and gets sent into a deeper part of hell than Tony Bellew saw last oh, year. God. These Ukrainians are really putting the hurt on, on these top blokes. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair setup there. And uh shout out to Krola. That's a that was a good story, right? The the helping somebody getting stabbed and beat up or no not stabbed, that was Kelbrook who got stabbed mysteriously. But uh yeah, 
Crowell is the story a good around dude. that is that he was not helping anybody. <laughs> wow, I'm not even going to play this sound, but I'm getting I'm getting out of that. You know what I'm saying? This is not cool. This is not what the public and the market audience want to see. No, okay. Well, hey, let's move on to what what's next here because I got some things I got some things to share. All right, we want to talk about getting Loma into a big fight, not a mandatory, right? There's fights that cannot happen, like him moving down to 130 or Tank moving up for some dream matchup, although Marcus did ask Loma his thoughts on maybe getting that fight. But, you know, I think Geronta Davis, he's best of the best uh, fighter in a Twitter. He's the Power for Power Twitter champion, apparently. I mean, that's funny. Look, that fight's not going to happen right now, okay? Seriously, Tank's got to build his star a little bit more before we ever think about a, a cross-divisional thing. But here's the deal. Loma doesn't get enough credit, Rafe, for going to a Division 135 that is over his head, right? Linares dropped him for a reason. He's fighting bigger guys, and he's a magician, and he's doing it. Look, it's not like he's the first guy to do it. He's not some martyr. Manny was rising in weight classes. Other guys have chased big money in weight divisions above their head, right? Oscar moved up to middleweight. Things have happened before. But he's doing this because he can't find other big names to fight. So you got to give him that credit. And now anyone saying, like, let's go up even further weight classes, you do have to chill. They did ask Loma about this. I thought his answer was perfect to Marcus. I can't, I can't. For me, it's 135. It's too much now. My my regular weight and my uh, natural weight is 130. I, it's a, a comfortable for me. Fight with my size, guys. But now I fight, fight fighting with the guys who are bigger and higher than me. No, I can't go go next weight classes 140. I can't. It's stupid. Yeah, you think so? Yes, I, I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh... <laughs> it's stupid, Rafe. It's stupid, right? It's His... stupid. It's stupid. Uh, yes, I think so. Which category is 135. So when you look at 135, there's obviously one giant name there, and it's the name that Vasily keeps throwing out there. No, not, by the way, not Teofimo Lopez. Although that's the fight he wants. That's the fight we talked about last week. That might be a fight they may have to end up doing just because they don't have any other options. But the big one, of course, is lightweight title holder Mikey Garcia, who just got sent to murder by Spence, of course. Did you hear Bob Arum's comments after the fight, Rafe? Because here's what Bob Arum said. If Mikey doesn't vacate, I'd like Loma to fight Mikey. F the bad blood with top rank. It's the Benjamins, for Christ's sake. I don't have to love the guy. And indeed, I will take a lot of joy in in Loma beating the ish out of Mikey. End quote. Bob came under some some uh, some uh, people not liking that on Twitter. A lot of people not liking those type of comments. He's going to take joy in Mikey getting beaten up. Like that's that's some harsh words from the old man there. I don't. I, why? Why would Twitter turn on Bob for that after weeks of Bob saying many kind of I think worse things about Mikey Garcia, saying that he didn't show up to fight, he 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 took people's money against Errol Spence, that he didn't try to win, basically calling out his heart, which I think is a little was was too harsh and and not quite correct. Errol Spence just totally shut him down. That can happen sometimes in a mismatch. Um, so I, I, I'm personally happier that Bob is at least trying to move forward with actually making a Garcia Lomachenko fight rather than just poo pooing it and saying, ah, we don't want guys who don't fight with heart and don't fight to win. We don't like, like, we don't, like, believe, I, in <laughs> we don't even believe in effing contracts. Um, so I, I think it's, I, I, I don't, I don't, I think that's fine. And, and then. Bad blood there. People got to understand this. I know that we all like to think of ourselves as cold, emotionless 
businessmen who don't hold grudges. But think about that. Do you, do you really do that? Isn't there someone you hold a grudge with? I know there's people who have offered me jobs and I've said, in my head, I will never work for you, MF, or in my whole wow. goddamn life. Wow, Rafe. I'm and Mikey Garcia you. might have that situation with top rank. And if that's the case, that would suck because we want to see Lomachenko Garcia, but it could be hard to make. Rafe, as far as I know, I could be wrong here. It's never been public that Mikey has officially signed with Al Heyman. He's been a PBC fighter since coming back. He's worked one-offs with promoters like Richard Schaefer. Yes, all appearances would be that Mikey Garcia is a PBC on Fox fighter or Showtime when he fought Broner and whatever. But I've never heard him officially signing with Al Heyman. He's been very strategic in what he has done along the way, purposely not taking big offers from networks and, and rock nations and people like that. So, Rafe, in theory, this should be a fight outside of the bad blood between Bob and Mikey that can be made. And I actually think him losing to Spence and getting humbled makes this fight more competitive on paper. I mean, because Mikey at, at 35 is his own version of a killer. I mean, he punches hard. This is a great fight. I think for boxing, you have to make this fight. We have to see this fight. One, because there's nobody else for Vasily to fight, really, because you're not fighting Tank. He's not fighting Manny or anything crazy like that. He's not fighting Bud. Unless you're going to do Teofimo later this year as your big Loma fight for the year, you gotta you gotta go after this, right? Because here's the deal: Mikey's not a welterweight. We found that out. Even though we got to give Spence more credit, by the way, it wasn't size, Rafe. It was it was style. It was game plan. It was Errol being able to box from the outside and take away Mikey's jab and take away everything from Mikey, right? So, yes, we credit Mikey for going up and trying it. We can talk about what he has on the inside of him. Inside that big scrotum, scrotum, is huge, huge testicles. <laughs> He's got real big balls. He does. Rafe, it's time to take those balls down to 35. Will we see this fight in 2019? Will we, Rafe? I need it. I need to see this because this is the defining fight. Of Vasily Lomachenko, the test maker's career, Rafe. That would be the win, being because because even with the loss to Spence, it's still not that hard for the boxing aficionados out there to talk ourselves into the idea that mm, Mikey's got that timing. He will have a size advantage back. He there's and he's and he's such a big puncher at 135. Does that change something? Does he, will he be able to re-decode Lomachenko in a way that we haven't seen anyone even come close to doing in the past? And you can really, you can really believe it because Mikey's boxing brain, when he's not facing the kind of impossible climb that he faced against Spence, man, he, that, that thing is a, is a, is a computer. He's a, you know, he, he just sees it all. So God, it would be great. The bad blood is an obstacle. Brian is the, is an even bigger obstacle. Wait now. Can he, I know he's still probably, is he still holding on to one, uh, some kind of belt at 135? Yes. But can he, how quickly can you go back down two weight classes? Will he be comfortable? Will we see a good Mikey Garcia coming down two weights? Okay, we don't know. I mean, that was the risk in daring to be great. You yes. can F yourself up on the back end. You can. And certainly you always reach back to the Roy Jones putting on all that muscle with Mackie Shulstone to fight John Ruiz, then coming back down to fight Tarver, and he was, a, in both fights, he was a walking dead man. By the way, Roy Jones doesn't get the credit in the first Tarver fight when he was 
when he had no energy, and he gutted it out and won that. And then, of course, in the second, look, you just can't do that. You just can't put on muscle. Chris Bird, when he moved down to light heavyweight and got sent to hell by Sean George, remember that? Like, that was that. what's happened. The reason why I give Mikey a chance on this is I think we were all not impressed by Mikey's physique at welterweight. Shout out to Snack. Shout out to Victor Conte. He did not come in ripped. And I know Mikey's never been a quote-unquote body guy. But he kind of looked a little like love handily, like he looked soft. I, I don't, I don't think that's what something... a beauty. Hashtag body. Yeah, really. Thank you, Oscar. You're a freak. We knew it. Washkiel was right. Um, I just knew that. I feel like he could do it. Okay. I, I just think that if you're Mikey, you have no other huge fights. You already beat Eastern in a unification, unless you're trying to chase Kami, who it seems like Vasily's already chasing. There's nothing out there for you. Unless you're going to go to 140 and try to mix it up with the Rougarous, I just think it's the fight to make. I hope we see it. It's such a great fight. Obviously, a backup plan could be Teofimo Lopez, and we'll see him this Saturday for Loma. It would be very, very interesting. The guy's got balls, Rafe. He fights like a tough, tough gang member. You got anything else to say on Lomachenko? The guy is as good as... He's as good as all the hype. He is as good. He is, watch, he is the one, one of the fighters who, well, I, I have, and I didn't get to go to this fight, but he is one of the fighters who I have been most awed by watching ringside. Cause you see little things that he picks up. You see him deflecting punches in a way that is, and I, this feels like a, a brag because, oh, I got to see a couple fights ringside. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but, it really is captivating to watch him operate is and he's of all the fighters that I've been lucky enough to see in the ring in person I would tell uh, any a casual fan even if they're not going to totally get everything that Lomachenko is doing in there even if it's going to be like well he kind of runs around a lot he's moving a lot oh what is that why is he knocking the guy out yet um <laughs> even if it's that kind of thing he, he is the one person that I would say you got to see this guy while he's at this level because you may not ever get a chance to see something quite like this again yes yes indeed thank you Papachenko thank you Loma thank you all right we got to move on this past Saturday Rafe Atlantic City we saw eh, the biggest, the most important, the best, whatever you want to call it. It was a women's boxing Super Bowl when Clarissa Shields became the undisputed women's middleweight champion. All four belts, adding herself to that select group with a wide unanimous decision over 10 rounds against Christina Lady Hammer. Some people had this wrong coming in. Dwyer was among them. Let me just say I was wrong about this fight. Clarissa Shields is boss. Rafe, she fought like a boss. You got to give her credit. There was a couple sort of ideas coming in with Hammer's three-inch height and reach advantage and the fact that she does have a world-class jab stylistically be a problem for somebody like Shields who doesn't have fight-ending power and needs to kind of mix it up on the inside to be effective. Really, that jab only worked for one round, Rafe. In the end, it was the other idea coming in that for all the title defenses Hammer has had in Europe and Germany – Shields was right when she said, you never fought anybody like me. Somebody this aggressive, somebody this athletic, somebody with these type of well-rounded skills. I give Shields a lot of credit. If these rounds were three minutes and not two minutes like in women's boxing, at least certainly in that eighth round, maybe in other rounds, she may have had a chance at stopping Hammer. She dominated Christina Hammer, Rafe. She might be the best in the world. You could decode and decide if she's the quote already through nine pro fights, right? I'll leave that up to you, women's boxing historian Rafe Bartholomew. 
but were you not entertained and impressed by what T-Rex did on Saturday? I will answer one of those questions. I was impressed by what Clarissa Shields did on Saturday because she dominated a fighter who people who claim to follow this sport of women's boxing and know what they're talking about said was looking like a 50-50 or close to that fight. Someone who was going to be a huge test for Clarissa Shields, someone with that reach and jab was really going to make her work and give her trouble and maybe even deserve to win if not actually win on the scorecards. Instead, Clarissa Shields came out and just looked like like Christina Hammer doesn't belong in the same ring as her. Not it, it was a levels thing. It was like get out of here. This uh, and speaking of no back foot game like like Christina Hammer. What? Come on. You you are you are ex- excommunicated from the church of Dwyer. Goodness gracious. Let's bring no, in Dwyer nothing. on that. Just a jab that 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 got countered over with overhand rights every time after one round. What the heck? Let's get into it. Let's talk about Errol Spence's back foot game. Wow. That was a brief conversation. Yes, Lady Hammer. Yes. By the way, I was there at the weigh-in uh, handling that for Showtime. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that stream. I hope you crossed them streams with Raskin and Mulf. And uh Hammer had like three giant full-size ads of her wearing lingerie, and they had lingerie models. They went like, they're going all out for Hammer. She looked and felt like a star coming in, but you're right. The levels, were it was a giant gap overall. I don't really want to say in skill, but you're right on the idea that outside of that jab, she had nothing. It was almost just like, I was more impressed by the combination of aggression and athleticism. Like, Hammer had no... Ability. It was almost like Hammer expected Shields to be one thing, and then the aggression. And I don't want to take away from what John David Jackson has done, and he's done a great job helping Shields like add more craft to her game. And you saw that. But just straight up athleticism and aggression, Hammer had no like. You could tell she hadn't faced anyone even remotely that explosive before. Clarissa Shields collapses the pocket. She gets inside. Well, she, she throws combinations. She's now calling herself the quote. She already has. I mean, there's there's debates in there. When you take in the amateur part of it, the two Olympic gold medals, it's interesting. So is Lomachenko the GOAT? <sighs> That's a good question. No, actually, uh, Guillermo is, Rigondeau. Is, yeah, is, is Rigo the GOAT? Yes, he I, is. I mean, he is. All right, he is. Okay, anyway, look, look, look. Shout are, out to Charles Farrell. Are either of us versed enough in women's boxing history to even have this debate? Honestly, no. no. So let's move <laughs> off of that. So the question here is, how do you build off of this? The, the quote unquote biggest women's boxing match. And, uh, and to be honest, when Leila Ali did fight Christy Martin and it was a pay-per-view, that is bigger than this fight. But in modern times, putting it on Showtime, getting the all access, it was a main event. This was a big deal. Shields lived up to the billing with a big performance. So now you say, what's next? How do you build off of this? I love from the idea of Shields being a brash person, calling herself the quote. She only wants to face the best. She turned pro and won titles at 68, won all four titles at 60, and now she's saying the woman that you think, that you all think is the best, which is undisputed women's welterweight champion Cecilia Brakis. Also, who really thinks that? Who is actually, who, I want to meet a person who was not paid to talk about boxing, who's watched this stuff and actually has a strong opinion. Anyway, Brakis is 30, Brakus, Brakis is 37, but she's got all four welterweight belts. And I'll give Shields credit. I know it's a smaller fighter coming up, but she's saying, hey, Cecilia, 
We're the two big names. You're the one that they say is the best. Meet me at 54 in Temecula, brother. Let's do this thing. I'll give Shields credit for that. She wants to – it's not just saying she's the GOAT. She wants she, to fight she, anybody. You, you, you and, give her credit. Couldn't you just also say she's picking on a woman a, a lot smaller than her naturally who's what – 13 years her elder towards the end of right, her career who part. maybe is coasting off a reputation that she earned but probably isn't going to be able to live up to it fighting two somewhere between one and two classes above her natural weight class against an a great young fighter who you know who who's just probably going to overwhelm her i mean what what why if is it going would it be a good matchup even i don't know but I'm just – I'm going to give her the credit. And you're – it's not like you're wrong. Look, you're, you're right. She's a, somebody who fought as high as 68. Now she's telling a welterweight, move up and I'll fight you and I'll beat you. But I love the idea that in women's boxing where you have very little superstars that she's like, look, whoever else has a name and you think is great, I'll fight them. We'll make it work in the weight. And I think you got to give her credit on that. But I was going to ask you this key strategic question. If you're – I guess by the, if you're Showtime, who has a stake in her, they put a lot of money into her. If you're co-manager Mark Taffet, right, the former head of HBO Pay-Per-View, who's done a, a pretty strong job getting her to this point and guiding her career, how do you best market her moving forward, Rafe? Knowing that she has – she could try to play the America's sweetheart, but she's brash. She's a little bit more like trash talker, like call people out. What would you do? Would you try to – Bring back the ghosts of old? Would you try to get her on a anti Layla Ali tour and try to pull her out of retirement with trash talk? Or would you just try to say that every fight she's going to have moving forward is must-see because she's the greatest of all time? How do you do it, Rafe? What do you do to maximize her potential marketing-wise? This is what I would do. I would use the ignorance and chauvinism of the American boxing audience, using myself as the prime example (laughs) – I would use that against consumers like me. And I would line up some cans. Clarissa Shields been fighting the best. And it ain't moving the needle. I mean, it moves it a little bit, but it is not like blowing up the way that maybe probably she deserves with the caliber of wins she's getting. So line up some cans. Get her on a rousy streak. Get her, give her some th- something to really talk trash about. Have her just blow some people out of the water. <laughs> Show me some Ann Wolf knockouts like she did on that tall lady that one time that we get to see on Twitter every other week. Like, I would see, let, let Clarissa Shields sleep some people, send them to hell, and then all of a sudden, the dumb fans like me who are like, man, I don't care. I don't need to watch this. I gotta watch 15 other fights this weekend. Why well, I gotta watch this one too? All of a sudden, people might start paying attention. Like, oh my God, did you see that knockout Clarissa Shield did? Oh my God, she is a beast. She might be the goat. Like that, that is what I would do because she's already accomplished so much, right? She, uh, she could at least mix it up, go one and one, one for the sport of boxing, one for building up Clarissa Shields' reputation as a monster. I don't care who you got to pay to get in there. You know, go get someone out of out of the Sephora. You know, just go find someone who she's going to knock the F out. That That's one way to, to do it. That's one way to do it because the one thing that is a knock against her is that she in nine fights, she only has two knockouts. She's never knocked anyone down. Both stoppages have been TKOs, referee stoppage. So it is very interesting. That's one way to do it. I think another way to do it is try to get her in, in as big a celebrity fight as possible. So, I mean, ser- I'm serious about this. 
By the way, Ann Wolf did fight at junior middleweight. I'm sorry. Yeah, junior middleweight, middleweight, super middleweight, and light heavyweight. So she's much bigger naturally. Do you call out 48-year-old Ann Wolf? Do you say – some people say you're the greatest of all time. I am. Do you call out 41-year-old Layla Ali? Rafe, and I'm serious about this. Do you say, hey, former UFC champion Holly Holm, who, by the way, has a UFC title fight set up in in July against Amanda Nunez. But do you say, hey, you used to be a women's boxing champion in all these divisions. Let's make a super fight. I would bring up uh, Cyborg, but uh, Shield is friends with her. They've sparred together. They've helped each other out, so that's probably not likely. But do you just try to break glass and get anyone with a pulse and name into a ring with you? I think I like I like the idea of Holly Holm a lot just because she is an active fighter. The, dragging out someone that that boxing fans from 15 years ago remember. Like I never saw a Layla Ali fight. Like I didn't care about those undercards back then. Like and and I care about the sport now. So like you bringing out some 40 year old and but and don't go near Ann Wolf. Ann Wolf. <laughs> I do not care how old she is. Age does not matter to her. She will destroy anyone and anything in her path. I do not care. The whole soul will disappear if anyone fights Ann Wolf. I saw her in Wonder Woman. She was looking swole. Do not. She is Diesel still. No, 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 no. Do not bark up that Ann Wolf tree. But anyone else? Real quick, real quick. The problem with Holly Holm, by the way, is not only is she under contract with UFC, but she fought at junior welterweight as a boxer. She fights at 135 or 145 now. What are we talking about? It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. It's not going to happen. Why'd you bring it up? Why are you setting me up? We're looking like an idiot. You think I follow the weights? these people that's how i do that, that's how i do all right it's 2019 all right. I'll, I'll i'll set you up to look bad and talking women's boxing it's what i do all right. <laughs> that's that's my that's also my job here all right so yeah thank you shields uh good win uh by the way those those two heavyweight fights before were kind of kind of trash we never got to find out if otto Wallen, the 6-5 swedish unbeaten was kind of trash bro <laughs> did you watch did, uh, can you oh let's let's talk what nick kisner for a second oh good lord oh was... my god how did we how did we find this where did they find this guy he looked like the uh, you could not come up wearing the backwards hat and the man yeah. titties out in the oh, in the God, way in. Where do you – where – where boxing's the best. Yeah. Uh, let me wait till my check clears before I can make fun of those fights. Thank you. All right. Boxing is a hood sport. Uh, Rafe, DAZN this weekend. In DAZN. Now, full disclosure, I was traveling this weekend. <laughs> I was cage side for what I – was really the best fight I've ever seen live in any sport. It was that co-main event, Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum for the interim middleweight title. I know you don't care. I just want to say anybody else out there, I was cage side front row – Holy crap. Revisit that collaboration. What a damn fight. So because of that, Rafe, I missed into zone this weekend. Please tell me, please, please leave me alone and tell me you saw Jaime Mungia versus Dennis Hulk Hogan. I've read the reviews, right? Uh, heard it was good. Heard it was boring. Can't find the Thurman soundbite. Give me one more second, Rafe. May still have it on my soundboard. This is really awkward. Hang in there with me. Jeff Horn. No, not Jeff Horn. Sounded boring. Heard. Everybody talk about it the next day. Still sounded boring. Okay. What Dennis Hogan. Who's that? Yeah, who's that? I got so many Nobody. disrespectful things to say about Dennis Hogan. Rafe, I heard that Jaime, and by the way, I'm a professional podcaster who did not watch a fight that I'm going to tell you about, but I heard that Jaime got a majority decision that he probably didn't deserve. What say you, bro? 
I was not scoring this fight, but I was watching, and it uh, it's pretty. It was not a great night. Just another 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 questionable night for for the great Jaime Munguia. Um, the biggest, first of all, credit again. We may we love to we love him for the laughs. We love him for his mansion. We love him because he claims to be like a a millionaire in the maybe a hundred times over <laughs> we love him for inventing the scorpion style of martial arts and the broken rhythm fighting uh <laughs> pressure fighting style of boxing uh, and we love him for everything he's done for jeff horn but we may have to also give glenn rushton some credit for being a damn good trainer because whatever he does he gets these guys who we expect to be pretty limited Aussie jobbers, right? Like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a tough, he's a tough mate. He'll go out there, you know, (laughs) like that's what we're expecting from these guys. And they come out and they fight above their heads and they have game plans and they execute them. They are good. They're, they're quality fighters. All right. What what would washed Gill have looked like in his prime with Glenn Rushton in his corner? I mean, so Barker's, had no business getting up from that body shot in Lang City in 2013. We know that, right? His his late brother helped him up, but if if broken rhythm pressure Washkeel was in that fight, would he stop him? I, I think so. Rushton gets in his ear in that corner and 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 makes it happen. He's you know he he goes full man Emmanuel Stewart on him. He's like <laughs> is that out there? Um. So first, yeah, Rushton, Rushton is doing a good job. We, we, he deserves real credit as a trainer, even if he sounds nuts and, and we love him for the quotes and he, he puffs everyone up with the false confidence. Um, Hogan and the other surprise, Hogan, <laughs> Hogan has a not bad back foot game. We, <laughs> we could talk about that for more. It wouldn't be a short conversation because Hogan really put that back foot game to work, made Mungia miss all night, frustrated him, had him looking bad and slow. I don't know how you, I don't know how Dennis Hogan ends up making anybody look slow, but he made Jaime Mungia look slow and, and, and swinging it air. I mean, classic, Eric Morales making fun of Mike, um, Danny Garcia type misses and, and, and was countering him too, was catching Munguia with really clean shots. There was, so the way the fight went, I didn't score it, but Hogan outboxes Munguia early. He's landing cleaner. He's not landing anything heavy, but Munguia can't really catch up to him, can't land anything good. In the middle of the fight, Munguia, you know, Hogan slows down a little bit. Munguia starts to catch up. He starts dialing in a little bit with some big overhand rights, but but Hogan's taking him, and he's still competitive. But it's looking like, all right, this might turn. Hogan is looks like he may be feeling these shots a little. Munguia might be might rally for a late stoppage. But then around round nine or ten, Hogan got a second wind or something and <clears throat> closed the fight out beautifully. I mean, he had in the tenth round clocked. Munguia with shots that had him stumbling backwards across the ring. And you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what I expect out of Jaime Munguia, who at the very least when he's been hit before by guys who seem to be swinging pretty hard, looks like he's just walking through everything at 154. And and he looked like he was feeling getting rattled by some of these punches from Dennis Hogan late in the fight. Wow. I what got a lot of questions. It, all, it wasn't a robbery. Uh, I mean – 
probably in not robbery is such a strong word. It was a close enough fight. It was a bad decision. I can say that without scoring. This on, fight. It was Teddy. a bad decision. It was also the fight was taking place in Mexico. You knew this was happening. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, you, every, that's why it's hard to get mad about, even though you probably should, because it was so you, it was, you saw it coming from a mile away as a boxing fan. You're like, all right, well, this is either a draw or some kind of majority split decision. And that's exactly what it was. Um, Really, Brian, though, what I, what my, what my takeaway from this fight was a lot of credit and congratulations to the effort that Dennis Hogan and his team, Glenn Rushton, put forward. It's maybe the move is not to build Mungia to win to something. Maybe the move is to cash this guy out. Sell that stock. Well, I got a lot of questions. Hold on. We did ask Teddy about that score. It was an effective robbery. It's the robbery! It's a robbery! Alright, uh, I got a lot of questions here. Lightning round. You gotta answer these in 140 characters or less. Are you ready? It's tough, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. How much did this performance from Mungia mute the idea that he would be competitive against Canelo, Jacobs, or Golovkin on the zone? Entirely. Okay, number two. Uh, did you see Todd Grisham's picture from a 7-Eleven in Monterey, Mexico when there was a guy standing next to the cash register with like a shotgun? I did not, but that's not that weird. Okay. Number three, uh, is the, the trio announced team of Todd Grisham, Sergio Mora, and Chris Mannix a top two or three in boxing right now? Uh, add Slater to that and it would be. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, did Dennis Hulk Hogan tear his shirt off before the fight or use the N-word at all or is that exclusive to Hulk Hogan? Uh, thankfully that is uh, still exclusive to Hulk Hogan. I would have liked to see Ho- uh, Dennis Hogan do the, the ear thing at a few moments. Okay. And finally, uh, my last question here in this lightning round, Rafe, is if Jaime Munguia had fought Triple G instead of Vanus, right? Last May after, uh, after, uh, hang in there with me, hang in there with me, please. Uh, Painted me. Yeah, I know. It's great. Like, I know that we can predict what's coming next, uh-huh. only I now have 16 pages on this damn, uh, thing. Uh, yeah, tainted me to enter the lexicon. Thank you. Thank you, Dwyer. Right, right. And then the phrase, tainted meat hit the lexicon. Okay, anyway, sorry for that delay. Uh, would, what would have happened? Like, cause Triple G wouldn't have expected a lot, and then would have probably gotten a lot of aggression, but would, would Mungia have been like, like, your son's dying in the ring type of performance? It's hard to say. Uh, I think, I think Triple G just has too much class. The jab, the movement, he wouldn't have that much trouble dealing with what Jaime Munguia brought to him. And Jaime Munguia would be still pretty big or maybe look bigger than Triple G at middleweight because he's enormous at 154. But um, he still – I just don't I, – I, I think that what we've seen, the way that he misses – so many of these guys who aren't known as defensive, you know, the slickest fighters on the planet, Liam Smith and – uh, well, that, the, 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 the Japan fighter, uh, uh, the other Inoue who fought Mungia earlier this year wasn't really trying to do anything on defense. But the way that Mungia has looked limited and, and, and like he still has so much to learn against, uh, against these, this level of fighter, it's just, it's sort of unthinkable to, to imagine that just because he's big, he would have made some enormous, uh, he would have been a great test for Triple G. I think Triple G, jabs him to death and then when he's and, and then probably you know whenever whenever he feels right about it knocks him out 
which is still what I think happens if they ever fight and what I think happens if he fights Canelo, if he fights any other real elite fighter. This is, this is, it's unless there is something there about the weight that boiling down to 154 is really, really affecting Jaime Munguia's performance. Then this, we, he is what he is. I don't know. I don't think we're, we're, we're going to wait for something to develop here. And it's, I think it's risky if he is coming, if he vision in Mexico against Dennis Hogan. Yeah. You're then. Right. Get get you know then it's time to cash out like you are at the top right now. He's also like twenty two, so there's probably still time to add some craft. Maybe I don't know. There is. I bet you it would have been fun that Triple G fight because Triple G wouldn't have expected much. I wonder if Munguia could have like lit him up for two rounds and then Triple G would be like, oh crap, this is not an exhibition, and then knocked him out. I don't know. You could also stun a guy's rest of his career. We got to roll on Rafe on Saturday night. I on our preview show I had said it was Sunday. I had the wrong date because I'm whatever. Uh, Caleb Truax. And uh, Peter Quillen did meet in a loser leaves town, both 35-year-old super middleweight matchup. We talked about the winner probably would have gotten a title shot. It was in Minnesota in Truex's hometown, Minneapolis. Somehow, Rafe, it didn't come on until like 12.30, 1 a.m., right? The FS1 main event, that was rough this for boxing true. fans. And then it was even rougher when the fight went two rounds and two headbutts caused a no decision, no contest there on Truex's upper eye. Rafe, tough to see. Uh, I mean, I guess they can reschedule it, but I don't think people are going to get all pumped up and excited for it. I will yeah, say let's this. headline that baby at Barclays, man. Yeah. yeah, loser leaves town. Loser is the boxing fan, as always. I just want to say this. And I don't know if people actually care, but when you get to actually spend time with these fighters and interview them, even guys you're, you think you're supposed to hate, you sometimes find out that these boxers are great people. Truex and Quillen, who I did the face-to-face with, they're great people. Caleb Truex, Boxing Twitter's own. You know, remember when uh, Joan Osborne asked us if what if God was like one of us? Caleb Truex is like one of us. He's just this dude from Minnesota who likes ice fishing and drinks beer, and he's like this good dude. And Peter Quillen's my man. Tough to see this, Rafe. Hopefully it'll be like a co-main at Barclays one of these days. Maybe, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Both of them, they only had to fight two rounds. They still get paid. It's not the worst thing to see for the, from their point of view. All right. All right. All right. Before we get into the latest news and preview this weekend, Rafe, it is time to hear from our friends and sponsors. And we're back. All right, Rafe, let's keep this show moving. Let's get into the latest news and the big news, Rafe, that'll probably be dated soon enough after this show. But Floyd Mayweather late Monday night put out a teaser on social media with a video of some mock press conference that said Wednesday, big news coming. All right, Rafe, let's get into this. What the heck is this? Like, we can shoot for the moon and think it's something big, and then it could be like, guess what? He's fighting former Japanese pro wrestler that you've never heard of in a three-round exhibition for Risen. Um, he could be rematching the big show. It could be a big show rematch. That'd be something. Um, there's some weird Spence rumors. It's not Spence, all right? People, like, come on. There's some weird rumors out there that he's going to come back and fight Spence on, like, Fox Pay-Per-View or something. It's not Spence, so let's get that over with. No, is no. it a Manny Pacquiao boxing rematch, or does this have anything to do with that cryptic announcement that Pacquiao has signed with Risen himself, and we don't know what that means or what it will look like, and are we setting up to see, like, I don't know, a kickboxing match between Manny and Floyd? What is this, Rafe? Where's your money on this Floyd announcement? Maybe a half-court one-on-one basketball between ah, Manny and Floyd. Who do you have in that, by the way? Ooh, I, see, I don't know how much Floyd actually plays. Floyd's but when he with does Isaiah release, Thomas. 
video of him playing, he looks a little bit like he's comfortable playing basketball. Manny has been playing his entire life. Yeah, but Manny's shot form is horrific. And- is terrible still. So, um, it, it, I, I think I favor, I think I favor the American. Yeah, I do as well. All right. Rafe, if it's a pay-per-view boxing match rematch with Manny, I'll actually pop for it. And we don't have to go back down the road. You and I have both said in the end, you know what? I'm kind of here for this. It'd be competitive. They're both old. It'd move a lot of products. It's probably not the worst thing for boxing provided the, the fight actually has some moments. And it probably would with Showtime Floyd needs some down. money. But I really question whether Floyd is ever going to be in a competitive thing again. I don't think he's done. I think he'll still be taking money if you're going to offer it to him. I do question whether he will ever sign on for another fight that's that has the potential to be competitive. I, I don't know what this is. I, I have a lot of reservations about this announcement, Rafe. Maybe he heard the, the, the top copywriter, Mike Coppinger, rumors of a Pacquiao-Thurman pay-per-view. Maybe he said, holy crap, hold on. No, no, I'm getting that money. I'm getting that $100 million. Sign me up for that. That wouldn't be bad. But... Ellie Secback did talk with Errol Spence and asked him about a couple things. The idea if Floyd would come back and also my favorite topic, Rafe, that famous infamous 2012 sparring match between Errol Spence and Floyd that one day we'll get Kenny Porter on this show from the lift of the cup and he'll tell us what actually happened. Let's hear Errol Spence. Remember from sparring Floyd, I meant to ask you that. Do you remember that day when that happened? Oh, Floyd is smart, man. Why? Just, I mean, like, you can always say he's thinking, like, and you can't take any time off. Like, he's always thinking. He's always in target to land a punch. You know, he's always looking. Like, you throwing at him, he's always slipping. He's still looking at you. You know, he's never turning away looking at you. He's just his cat-like reflex, too. I mean, everything, he just put everything together. Just, I mean, dude, perfect. If you did ever fight him, it would be a huge fight. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. But we don't know. I mean, he might come back for Manny, maybe. Nah, he ain't coming back. You don't think so? What if the money's insane? Man, he fighting overseas, getting the first round knockouts. <laughs> and he did look good. He yeah. did look good. First round I showed him Another model? Yeah, I wouldn't fight again either. Uh, a couple things there. He called him Dude Perfect, which is great. My kids love the Dude Perfect videos of those white dudes in Texas making weird shots over their heads. And two, did he say Cadillac reflexes, Rafe? I, it sounded a little bit like that. I mean, we just, I, I personally am a big fan of Errol Spence's like down home Texas accent. Uh, and it, it, I probably said cat like, but to our Yankee Northeastern like cracker ears, sorry, uh, it sounded like Cadillac. Well, I, I think Spence is right. I, I just like, all right, Rafe. Outside of Pac, like maybe he would come back for, for Pacquiao rematch because look, he knows he could beat him. But I think it would be close in the first fight. I think Floyd would have to fight. But maybe in Floyd's mind, look, I disciplined him with right hands. I know if I have to, if I have to dig in a little bit, maybe in his mind he beats Pacquiao. But do you have any thoughts on the potential? Is there any other real boxing match that would bring Floyd back? Here's one I want to offer you. We heard what Lomachenko said. 135, weight category is his ceiling. I can't go to 140. But could you see cherry-picking Floyd at 42, 43, saying to himself, Lomachenko's already over his head at 135. What if I offer him to come up to Walter Waite and we do this giant pay-per-view for who's the real pound-for-pound king? Could you see that? Could you see that happening? I could see it crossing Floyd's mind for a number of reasons. If he thinks that he's still sharp enough at his age that he would be able to win that fight with a size advantage and it just shuts down it, – it does a lot. It would – if he got that win, 
well, it's another – it looks great on Floyd's resume and it shuts down any kind of – any kind of uh, threat to to someone establishing themselves as having been greater during their time than than Floyd has been, you know, like Floyd basically wants to live the rest of his life being able to say I was I have been the greatest fighter of my lifetime. Um, and maybe and, he heard me on this podcast saying it's now the Lomachenko era. Maybe he heard me, Rafe. I, I I think you may be trying to to make that happen. I, I I question if Lomachenko would do it. I think that even though man the money would be huge and you say you got to take that, you got to you you have to, you know, you can't you can't say no to that sort of opportunity and especially because he's talented enough, I wouldn't count him out even with the insane advantages he'd be giving up in terms of of height and reach. You still I, I wouldn't totally count him out. Uh, and he's just younger and fresher and he still is a professional boxer, unlike Floyd Mayweather. So, uh, you could, you want to think that on some level you, you got to take it, but these guys, they, we've seen it. They're wired a little bit differently. They don't necessarily want to just go for the cash grab. They're out piece by piece and they're thinking, no, no, no. I want Mikey Garcia. I want to prove myself against the best of my generation. I don't want circus fights against guys coming back from whatever to to make my name off of. So it, I wonder if the Lomachenko mindset would be down for that. I would be – look, I, right, I, 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 I would get into it. I got yeah. more lightning round questions for you based oh, on boy. some topics here. All right. There's a boxing scene story in which they interviewed Leonard Ellaby. Apparently Lomachenko criticized Mayweather's legacy. I didn't read the quotes. I don't know what the gist of it was. But Ellaby caught wind of that, and he told boxing scene, quote, I have zero respect for Lomachenko for his comments that he made about Floyd's legacy. The Tank Davis stuff, that's fight talk, so you ignore it. But Floyd has accomplished more in his career than this kid would ever accomplish, for starters. And whoever advised him or told him to make those comments as it relates to Floyd's career, that wasn't very smart. That sort of jumped out to me. Like, if Ellerby's going public with that, then Floyd has to kind of be the one behind the scenes who was upset about it, right? So, Rafe... Gun to your head. Here we go. Ready? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Gun to your head. I, I'm with you, Brian. I am with you. Let's say we did a ESPN Showtime joint pay-per-view. What type of buys does Loma Mayweather at welterweight move? Two and a half. Don't say it like it's nothing. Two and a half is like everything, Rafe. That's more than – It's nothing to Floyd. That's 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 serial money to Floyd. That's – isn't that – how much did May Mayweather McGregor move? That was what? Like four over point. three, three eight or something. Oh, four, I think it was four two. You're right. You're right. Okay, so good four, lord, good lord. All right, and then now number two. Yeah, that's what I like. I take those every day. Who wins? Um, what does it look like? What does it look like, Ray? Oh, what does it look like? That is really tough. That is really tough. Uh, because it is all imaginary, and I don't think it will ever happen. I think that Lomachenko surprises him. I think that Floyd bites off more than he can chew youth and speed wise. And we, we know the one, one side of Floyd's game that did, uh, degrade a little bit over the years has been his foot speed, right? He doesn't move. He doesn't use the ring like he once did. His, his IQ, his, his, his reflexes, his timing, his hand speed, his ability to disrupt another fighter's rhythm by just, you know, knowing exactly when to, to, you know, to, to hit him with either the, the straight right or a jab, that still is there. And he won fights. He won fights against many of the greatest fighters, his greatest opponents, basically doing that. But he doesn't move the way he did way back in the day. Lomachenko does. 
Lomachenko gets in there. He makes a test, and Floyd finds out that he's a little too old to be taking that test. And wow. then, and then he fouls the crap out of Lomachenko to try to slow him down, just to do anything, see what happens. And you don't uh, think Floyd could, even... and then Kenny Bayless disqualifies Lomachenko, and everyone gets mad. I was going to say, do you think Floyd could still line them up with a right hand, and with that weight difference, could do damage with it? Yes, could do damage, but like one shot KO, that would be that would be amazing if, if Floyd was like, yeah, I was just I was I always had this, but uh, I never needed to use right, it. Well, and it's I different got, to I, say I just wanted to make I had to take care of this. It's different to say I always have this when you're fighting the raw dog like Carrero at 47, but this is a a guy who's over his head at lightweight. This is a junior lightweight. Rafe among active fighters, is that the most pay per view buys we could produce right now in the sport among active fighters, or would May Pack two do more? There is a fighter who I would give a chance to do better pay-per-views against Floyd Mayweather. That is the younger Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> well, well done. But indeed. he is not a <clears throat> active fighter. He is not even a real person. He might be a hologram somewhere. Yes, yes. Floyd versus his younger hologram. I might pay to see that. Yes. Um, no, Maypac 2 does a lot more pay-per-views than Mayweather Lomachenko. I'm sorry. All right, Rafe, before we get into weekend preview, do you care? I want to just tell you a couple other bits of news. Uh, Hall of Fame weekend, you know how they always have a fight June, first weekend of June? The turning Getting pretty is, sad this year. It's going to be Zab Judah coming back against Cletus the Hebrew Hammer Selden. Wow, Rafe, is this a junior middleweight bout? Wow, you know I'm is in it on, Is it broadcasting? Does DAZN, can, is DAZN at least picking this up? The, the what is better. happening? Somebody's got to televise this. Come on, somebody. i got to watch this. I'm there for it. I'm ready. Not there in person. No, 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 no. All right, the other Brian, thing is. Brian, what? I got what? one for you. Quick. I, it was big news. I read it this morning. I, I was pumped. Canelo admitting to our guy Marcos Villegas. I saw it on Bad Left Hook and Fight Hub that he wants him some crusher. He's like, yes, I want to fight Kovalev. Yeah, I like that? challenges. Come on, man. You don't that that. I, if you're Kathy Duva, what are you? Are you the most excited you've ever been? Are you just like, Sergey? We're gonna make it! Oh my God, Sergey! We gotta get some money. Sergey Kovalev. Uh, wow. Check out Dwyer's crime blog for more. Um, so I asked Canelo when, when I had him on the show what last month and about moving to light heavyweight. I'm like, are you? Is this serious? Are you crazy? And he's like, yeah, it. I'm thinking about it, Rafe. He's too small. What is he thinking? I mean, he's, he said he likes a challenge. I think what he's thinking is he might be able to pick off a guy like, like Kovalev, who is at the, near the end of his career and who does not particularly like it to the body uh, where Canelo can really, really bang. Or the balls. He does not like it to the balls either. We found that out by Andre Ward. Uh, other bits of news is, you know, this guy, Roly, the one that Floyd said would fight. Rolando Romero, he's actually fighting this Saturday on the Danny Garcia undercard, and Boxing Scene caught up with him, and he says, quote, To be honest, I don't want to hear Ryan Garcia's mother-effing name ever again. I'm so tired of everyone mentioning him. He's not going to fight me, so why waste time even thinking about him? Floyd never told me he was going to do any of that. So, yeah, it caught me a bit by surprise. You don't care, right? Well, you know what? Roly, shut the hell up, dude. This is the only reason your name is in anyone's mouth is because it is linked to this dumbass Instagram star. So, yes, thank that influencer and hope you get a fight with him. Uh, the other last bit of news is you sent me some interesting sound of uh, Bob, the great Bob Father being asked about the Tyson Fury-Tom Schwartz fight. 
And then Bob gave us this sound. Fury needs the Schwarz and then another fight <laughs> with the build-up, and then the fight will happen. <laughs> Use the Schwarz, Fury. Use the Schwarz. Yeah, Barf, open that glove compartment. Uh, Rafe, may the Schwartz be with you on July 15th. Wow. Wow, Bob. One more time, Bob. Fury needs the Schwartz. Oh, my God. What a joke. All right, Rafe, it's weekend preview. Do you care time? We got some fights that I know you care about. Here we go, Rafe. It starts Thursday from Grozny, Russia on Cloud TV. Remember that, Jim? Why did, why did Cloud TV first enter our lexicon? When did it first become a service that we had? What fight was that? Last year, there was some, I believe it was when the WBSS lost all of its yes. streaming rights. And then it, Cloud TV was like, no, it's okay. We will pick up the Usyk Gassia final, which was, of course, a fight everyone wanted to see. And we thought it was only going to be available on Cloud TV, which also has weird ties to a lot of very, very, very like pro Russia, like, like RT news and, and channels that, uh, may be hacking you while you watch them. Yes. So I was like, man, do I, am I really going to sign up for this? I mean, I know I make the anal malware dot RU <laughs> jokes a lot on, for my, for my streaming jokes, but this literally was, Possibly inviting you to contract analmalware.ru to watch Usyk fight. And now you can do it again from Chechnya for what? Uh, main event, 10 rounds heavyweights, Opti Davtayev versus Pedro Otas. You don't, you don't care. No, 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 no. No, not, not, my, my anus does not need that. <laughs> Ray, Friday night from Liverpool, England, not televised, but James Jazza Dickens will be taking on Nasibu Ramadan, 10 rounds featherweights. You care at all about that? Rigando bust my jaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also on Friday from Ontario, California, your backyard. You can stream this. Just don't cross it, brother. On ThompsonBoxing.com, Eric Ituarte versus Jose Australia, 10 rounds featherweights. No, Rafe, you don't care. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. Saturday night, ESPN pay-per-view. The preliminary bouts will air on ESPN2 in the lead-up from New York's Madison Square Garden. We know that you care, bro. Main event, Terrence Crawford defends his WBO welterweight title against the biggest name he can find, the man with the big ones, Amir Khan, the biggest star in the 147 division historically. Rafe, I don't hate it. I'm excited about it. What the hell is this going to look like? It could look – I think it, it it will look in one of two ways. There is this school of thought that on some level, Amir Khan has always looked at his best against boxers, right? Guys who don't – who aren't going to pressure him a lot, who aren't going to get inside on him, who aren't going to test his heart in the way that – not his heart. He's, his heart actually is is way too big for his brain and his chin, right? Um but aren't going to te- get in there and just make him brawl, draw him into a fight that he can't that he can't win and shouldn't be fighting. Um, Terence Crawford is not one of those fighters. It's not his style. He's he's one of the best, you know, more, most versatile, slickest boxers, boxer punches. I mean, the guy passes the eye test in like every possible way, and he has this intangible meanness toughness 
that that he uses to dominate finish fights and and all that. But in some ways, it could it's the kind of matchup that that at least allows Khan to fight his fight for a while. He will have a chance to look good doing the things that Amir Khan does well, which is sort of dart in and out and throw really fast combinations, show off that hand speed, and see if he can have some success with that. It would be almost nice if we could talk to Terrence Crawford and just say, look, bro, for the sake of entertainment, don't knock this guy out. Let's just see what happens over 12 rounds in this chess match. With that kind of hand speed, it would be fun, Rafe. You know what kind of speed Khan has. I believe there are some fights where you look at Amir Khan and he's operating at Usain Bolt level speed. But the problem is, Rafe, we can't do that in boxing. Although some have probably done that. But we can't do that in boxing. So, Rafe, when this turns into a fight, it's not when or if, it's how soon. I guess it is when. I guess it's the same thing. It's not if, it is when. When will Amir Khan be dropped and eventually stopped? Will it be... I don't think he can get one punch like he did against Canelo. But... If guys like Julio Diaz and Sammy Vargas are on the right, Luis Colazo even late in that fight are going to batter this guy and make him kind of flop around, then Bud, who's has a gangster backbone, can and will finish him. But Rafe, will it take Bud a while to figure out how? Right? Does it do Bud any good to kind of risk some danger and try to go for it earlier? Is he just going to be that strategic dude, switch southpaw, and kind of just pick his spots and then package three, four knockdowns together by round eight? And the ref is like, "Look, Amir, I know you got balls, bro. I know you got testicles. I've seen the inside of them, but dude, you're going to get yourself hurt." Yeah, I, that is one way it can happen. I mean, it depends on. Yeah, a lot of it depends on what kind of effort we see from Crawford. We've seen him in the past when he will give away three, four rounds early in the fight, or at least not really go those rounds because he's downloading information. He's basically figuring out his opponent. He's not taking any real damage, but he's like, okay, if I don't win these, I will, I'll, I'll make it up later in the fight. We saw that against uh, Gamboa. We saw that against uh, Delorme even. It could happen with Khan. We've also seen him come out and just destroy guys who we thought were going to be meaningful fighters or might be able to show him something we like i i I thought that jeff i didn't think jeff horn would ever beat him i thought that jeff horn would do jeff horn things try and be rough try and try and be awkward broken rhythm pressure fighting no jeff horn got his ass handed to him and terrence crawford can do that and he and, and there's a chance he may just do that with amir khan because amir khan may not be the Amir Khan of old. His legs, he, he looks slower to me. The, the speed, the, the, the attributes that he used to bring into yes. a fight that you could count on, they aren't quite as sharp as I think they used to be. He's been fighting for a long time. He's been in some, you know, he's been in wars. He's been knocked out. He's come through wars and won. He, he's got some wear and tear on him. And I think that, I kind of think that although there's reason to believe that Khan could come out and look good and have those that early round, oh, wait, Khan might be in this moments. Part of me thinks that Terrence Crawford is operating on another level of dominance right now, and he is going to come out and watch this. He's going to be faster, smarter, sharper, and better. And and I don't know how long that means the fight lasts, but I think that this could be a dominant performance. I mean, we got to learn from Dwyer on some things. Don't fall in love. With fighters who no longer exist. 2012, Amir Khan, who stopped Zab Judah the body, does not exist anymore. I think you're right. Crawford 
I think he realizes I can take. Uh, here's the thing: Khan's, Khan's got speed. Speed equals power. But Khan is never a guy, especially at welterweight, who can who can finish you more or less. So maybe Crawford tries to make a statement. Maybe he doesn't take six rounds to decode him. Maybe Crawford's just like, look, this guy has no chin, and you're right. He's not the same guy at age 32, 33 that he once was. I'm going to put it on him and make a statement, and then afterwards grab that mic, which, by the way, bud, you need to do. Grab that mic and call out Spence and force Bob to make the one-year or two-year build or whatever we're already on to get to that point. Make the fight happen. I got Terrence Crawford by eighth-round TKO referee stoppage. Your thoughts, Rafe? That's that's a good call. Let's Let's say... Even just because I'm going to go Terrence Crawford wins by stoppage, fifth round. All right. What do you think Dwyer predicts? Do you think he – well, he, obviously Dwyer is going to predict uh, a con split decision win hedged by a by A, a Crawford round knockout. knockout. I, don't think, I don't think Dwyer bets on this one because it's, it's the writing is on the wall. All right. He has seen a lot of guys. Uh, in this Coleman event, uh, famous parking lot brawler Shakur Stevenson, 10 rounds featherweights, Christopher Diaz, do you care? Yeah, hell yes. I mean, this, this feels like a real step up for, for Shakur Stevenson. Christopher Diaz was holding on to a paper belt, what, just last year at the weight. So let's see. And, and either Diaz is not good at all and they just have given up on him or this could be a real fight. I want to see it. I I, I want to see this. I like this undercard. There's some sneaky good fights good. here. It's got all people we want to see in better fights than they've been in recently in the Te- past. It's yeah, been- let's do it. Teofimo Lopez Jr., 10 rounds lightweights, Edis Totley. Now, I know Totley from my days doing uh, – Brit undercards in zone back when that money was getting floated around and your boy was cashing it. Uh, Totley's kind of a, a pretty good step up here. No one's heard of him. I get that. I think he's out of Norway. Uh, Finland, I believe. Finland, yes. 31 year old. He's 31 and two. Only 10 KOs, but he has a, uh, who did he beat? He beat Francesco Patera. Ken Patera lost to Patera by split decision, came back in the next fight, won a unanimous to win the European lightweight title. Hasn't beaten anybody else you would know beyond maybe Yvonne Mendy. Oh no, sorry, lost took him lost by majority decision to Richard Abril. But the point is, he's sort of the right guy in this path for Teo. If you're going to give Teo a showcase spot, and that's what this is, I think Teo Fimo Lopez will stop him, and I think it'll be fun and spectacular. Wow. So let me ask you: when you saw when you were calling the Edis Totley fights. Was Kenny is he is he a good defensive fighter? Or do you expect him to? Because- well, let me re- let me be honest. I didn't call his fights. I researched his fights because I called Ken Patera's fights. So yeah, uh, there okay, you go. yeah. So, Your style broke mother effing backs like Ken Patera. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, in any case, when, what what you know what you know of Edis Totley, even if you just want to make something up, is he <laughs> is he just there to be knocked out the way Diego Magdaleno was, or do you think that? You know, he's gonna, he's gonna make Teofimo Lopez figure something out. Give him, put, give him a, a smaller te- a, a test like to pass. I think he's there to give rounds because he's, mm-hmm. he's crafty. He's, he's gone rounds with these other guys I mentioned, but I think Teo is that good that it will turn into a showcase knockout, third, fourth roundish, and I think it'll be spectacular. Uh, we gotta roll on. This is the fight I love the best on this undercard. Felix Verdejo, Rafe. Remember that guy? Against Brian Vasquez, 10 rounds, lightweights. Rafe Verdejo was supposed to be the dude. The beautiful looking man, the next Tito Trinidad, the next Miguel Cotto. Somewhere along the way, very quietly, the 25 year old suffered his first L and then didn't he have like a motorcycle accident, Rafe? I 
He had was that before or after? Was uh, that, I think it was after. So he got stopped March of 2018 by Enos Antonio Lozada Torres at MSG on an undercard. He has bounced back with a knockout win against somebody you never heard of. He did have an accident in between. Rafe, is it over? Because I know like Teo's got the the the, the top rank smile right now. He's the guy they're pushing as the next Bud in Loma. Is it over? Does does is Bob smarter than us? Because they're not pushing Verdejo anymore. Like it's almost like he's the redheaded stepchild. Is it over, Rafe? Yeah, it seems like it's over. Who uh, Vasquez? Who's it? Who? When's the last Vasquez, time we've seen him? Handsome man. We've seen him on a lot of top ranked pay per view undercards. Uh, <sighs> at, at featherweight though. I always think of Velez, Jason Velez and Brian Vasquez. This is the, 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 the these guys. Those guys always because they fought all the same people. And their names are so similar. Velez is the one. Jason Velez is is the one who lost to Ryan Garcia, right? Brian Vasquez is from Costa Rica. He lost a majority decision to Ray Beltran for a lightweight belt in 2017. He lost a unanimous decision to Javier Fortuna at 130 at Barclays in 2015. He got stopped by Takashi Uchiyama in 2012, Rafe. You know this guy. You know this guy. You know this game, Rafe. All right, let's 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 just go on. All right, you don't know that guy. I like that fight. I don't care. I honestly don't care. It's over. It's over, Felix Verdejo. I'm sorry. The show's over. Hey, Carlos Adamas, a guy who was supposed to be the next best mutant and mean machine bud opponent, instead can't make 147. So good junior middleweight fight here against Frank Galarza, former prospect, who got uh, who got stopped by uh, Jarrett Hurd, among other people, but uh, lost the decision to Ishe Smith. Good fight here, Rafe. Do you care about Adamas or no? No, don't All care. Right. Hey, Rafe, Saturday night, Carson, California, Big Fox. Main event, DSG, Danny Garcia is back, fresh off the loss to Sean Porter in the title, vacant title bout, taking on Adrian Granados, who has six losses and two draws, or three draws maybe, but as we know, Rafe, really only one of those losses were definitive. Every other one was, you could make a case for him. Does he have enough to push Garcia into a situation where he can A, survive 12, and B, Give you a chance to say, I, th- I think I thought Granados won that fight. Brian, did, 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 did you just send Vada to my house? Because I just created a sample. Oh, you did you really? I did. That's I did. so gross, Rafe. That's, Brian. Rafe, that's like. You know, I'm tired of getting the taste of it. I want the whole load. You just got it, Paul. All right? It, it's a long way from the lip to the cup. Oh, that you know cup. I mean? Don't show me the cup. Don't even want Manuel Marquez it. Rafe, I can't believe Do you. Do not ask me what is in the cup. I could have paused the damn show. Why does Load Watch have to become a reality on the damn show? <laughs> hey, hey, there was no load. Don't, don't you dare conflate a load with, uh, with relieving oneself, with going to the bathroom, they're two very different things. All right, don't now don't we get no 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 more ridiculousness in boxing. And- wow. wow, ridiculousness. Sorry, um, Danny Garcia and Adrian Granados. Look, Granados is probably tough enough to go twelve. He'll get out boxed, even if he doesn't get out. Even if he outworks Danny Garcia, we know what happens when guys who aren't supposed to beat Danny Garcia outwork Danny Garcia. They lose decisions. That's this fight. You want, what else are we supposed to say? Do you think Danny Garcia can stop him? Because Granados is there to be hit. He's aggressive. He's got a little bit of craft for a brawler, but he's there to be hit. I think he can. It it really it sort of depends on if Danny catches him with one that hurts him. Because Danny, he's not. He doesn't. We don't see him fight. He, we don't see him go after track 
fighters down, cut off the ring, do those like like really really go in to to look for a stoppage. He will counter everything that Granados throws at him and land a lot of them clean. And if Granados gets hurt, yeah, Danny will go in for that kill. This but if, if not, he'll just walk away with the win. This is a good ass free fox fight for APM Eastern. Like this is a good ass fight. It's going to be fun. There's going to be action. There's things to learn. I think Garcia, obviously with a strong win, gets right back in that mix for a Spence or Porter or Thurman fight. This is good. Co-main event: Andy Ruiz Jr., Alexander Dimitrenko, ten rounds heavyweights. Do you care? Good lord! Yeah, I feel like Tim Bradley dropping hundreds right now. Yes. So many heavyweights yes. coming back out of the woodwork. So Ruiz is no. not top rank. He's not top rank anymore. I think he finally got out from from that uh, that that marriage, whether it was a good marriage or not. He no right. longer is a part of that. Um, I, Andy Ruiz. I know Dwyer loves him some Andy Ruiz. Yes. He's got some good quotes about that hand speed. Um, I don't care, man. He's got what? What's the what's the like the 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 best thing? The best outcome is whoever wins. We end up having to watch them fight someone like Deontay. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see that. This just makes me sad. All right. You wouldn't pop for Andy Ruiz versus Adam Konachki? I'd pop for that. I want Konachki to get his shot at Wilder. All right. The Fox opener is a title about Rafe. Brandon Figueroa, the brother of Omar, against Jan Frez Parejo for the vacant WBA interim junior featherweight title. Wow, that's a, there's a lot going Yo, on there. I care. All right. You I do? got I got thoughts on Brandon Figueroa. Look this guy up. He is like the anti-Ryan Garcia. I believe his nickname is Heartbreaker or something. He's like – so Ryan Garcia is the matinee idol. Brandon Figueroa, he's like the 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 moody bad boy. He's got these light eyes. He's got – He's got, uh, you know, his hair really, really nicely done, you know, tall, slim cat. And uh, I'm telling you, like, he doesn't have the social media presence, but this is the guy that, you know, the the the, the, the girls are, are, are who think they, they're they into Ryan Garcia, but then they see Brandon Figueroa and they're like, oh, my God. Well, he's, he, he's, he's on a run of five straight KOs. Bad. He's a good looking bloke. In, wait, what are we talking about here? Five, he's a run of five straight KOs where? In the. As a boxer? As a boxer, Brandon Figueroa, oh, who's 18 Because I think his, his streak is even longer. Oh, how dare you? You know what I'm saying? We saw what happened with Ryan Garcia. He, he shot it, he shot for the kill and, and out popped a child. Um, five KOs in a row, including stopping Esker, Oscar Escondon and Moises Flores. Good run there. We're going to find out if he's for real in this title bout, the brother of Omar. All right, Rafe. Also on this card, we got to roll out of here. I got Ric Flair on line one. Okay, Ric Flair's Woo! coming on. Not this show, the other show. All right. Uh, Alfredo Angulo, 10 round super middleweights, Juan Ubaldo Cabrera. Do you care? Of course you do. Oh, man, that's rough. Uh, yeah, I care. I care for the hair. All right. Deep on that undercard, uh, friend of the Latin Goonies, Ricky Lopez versus Joe Perez, 10 rounds junior lightweights. I care because we all know that one night that we saw Ricky Lopez trying trying to get your girl, try and take my girl and her sister at the same Danny Swift after party after temporarily ending Paulie Malignaggi's career. You be Paulie now, Ricky Lopez trying to take your girl. Uh, By the way, this is in Carson, California, the 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 den of sin, the house of box, the home of war. StubHub, don't call me Dignity Health. Are you going to be there this year, backyard? Oh no, you'll be in the damn. Philippines. I'm going to be on an airplane at the time, but um, I hope that this that that location makes me 
optimistic for some magic. Uh, I think that's magic, uh, Brian. That there may be something coming out of this Granados Garcia. We may get a, a Bradley Bravodnikov, holy crap, where did that come from type of fight because of that location. Let's and you know math. what? We're Let's due for one box. there. We are. We are due for one there. All right. Uh, get into zone this weekend, Saturday in London. The Rhino is back. Dave Allen, main event. 12 rounds heavyweights against that weirdo Lucas Brown. Rafe, do you care a little? Yeah, that's an awesome sloppy heavyweight yeah, fight. Forget that's why. Why are we dealing? Why are we talking about Dimitrenko and Ruiz? This is the sloppy heavyweight fight I need. Yeah, yeah, you do. I'm into that. The co-main event, by the way, Derek Chisora against Sainad Gashi. Twelve rounds heavyweights. It's probably fun. We got Josh Kelly on this undercard. Ten rounds welterweights against Presmislaw Runowski. And, uh, yeah, Connor Ben versus TBA. That's, that's not a bad Brit, the zone card. In fact, back in the day, they used to pay me money to call f- cards like this, you know? That's a pretty bad Brit, the zone card. I guess. Right. Let's close on this. Uh, your boy Dillian White had a sparring session with, uh, what's his name from our boy from IFL TV? What's the guy's name? Coogan. Coogan, Coogan Cash. I didn't watch that yet. I can't comment on that. I will not play sound on that yet until I watch that fight. But Coogan did ask, uh, Dillian White his thoughts on Deontay Wilder fighting Boobs Brazil. That aside, um, Wilder Brazil, May the 18th. As a fight, I know you've got your issues around this fight, but as a fight, just as a spectacle, what's your thoughts on it? It's an easy fight. The Interwell is in a bash to make Brazil up. Brazil is scared of the Interwell. Watch a press conference, the face of Brazil is shaking in his boots. You know, see the Interwell again. I can hear your heartbeat. I'm a killer. You've never been in front of a killer before. What was that? What was he doing that for? Did he say he was going, I can hear your heartbeat. Because I'm a killer. I'm a, I was just like, what are you talking about? This is boxing. You're not a killer. What are you talking about? You're not some hitman or anything. It's boxing. What are you talking about? What did you make about his comments about the funeral arrangements towards Brazil and that? Is it uncalled for in, in the boxing game, surely, to make them sort of comments? The world is a crackhead. We've already figured this out. And crackhead say crackhead-like things and do crackhead-like things. You know, they, Crackheads are desperate. They do desperate stuff and say desperate stuff, and that's what the end of what is a cricket. Wow, that's what crackheads do, Rafe. That's some strong words, but to be honest, it's in response to some really strong words from Deontay, who won't stop about this, if I kill Boobs Brazil, I will not be mad talk. Yeah, on, on, you're, on one level, you want to say, look, it's never really cool to make fun of somebody calling them a crackhead, just because like, there's some real stuff behind that. At the same time... If anyone deserves it in this case, Deontay Wilder has kind of set himself up. He's that the way he has talked about that Brazil, the way he's doubling down on it. Their their headlines on boxing scene this week where he's like, No, I don't care if I kill him. I have no regrets. Like that that there's a reason that is a taboo in boxing, and it's because people have died and do die in the ring. And it is that serious of a sport. And yeah, Deontay Wilder knows that a lot better than you or I do sitting here criticizing for him for it. But because he knows that, he should know better. And like, I, there is a the, little bit of get off my lawn or whatever, like, just like respect the game, respect box. Let's respect box, yeah, guys. Let's respect box. Let's get back to peeing in bottles during boxing podcasts. Guys, anyway, how much I respect box. Hey, enjoy the fights this weekend. Rafe, safe travels to you. Bless, bless up. Godspeed on your journeys to Manila and beyond. That's our show for this week. Follow us on the interwebs at State of Combat, at B. Campbell CBS, at Rafe Bugs. Uh, anything? You got anything, Rafe? You got anything? 
Mabuhay, Pilipinas! Ingat kayong lahat! We out!